mindfulness mode 455. But the point is, is that I'm feeling this way now. What could I do to make myself feel better? Welcome to Mindfulness Mode. I'm Bruce Lankford. So great to have you here. Do you ever have trouble falling asleep at night? Do you wish you could sleep more soundly? Well, I have a guided meditation that can help you with this, and it's yours free. Just go to mindfulnessmode.com sleep. Now, today I have a person I was very excited to touch base with with this guest and get a chance to spend time with him. He's a musician, and he found that it was only through his music that he could truly connect with his sort of with his inner self and he could connect with others and he has really done wonderful things he has a new album he had a lot of trouble last year through an addiction and we'll talk about that on the show sit back relax and enjoy my chat with judah holiday Hey, Mindful Tribe, I have a musician with me here today, and not just any musician. He's created some amazing compositions. He's got a new release coming out. I'm very excited today to be talking with Judah Holiday. Hey, Judah, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am, Bruce. That's, yes. that's great. That's great. Well, yeah. let me share a bit about you, Judah, with our Mindful Tribe listeners. Judah Holiday is, like I said, he's a singer-songwriter. His music is very expressive with a warm, breezy kind of sound. His melody and lyrics are a little reminiscent of James Taylor and Neil Young. Judah once had a lot of trouble expressing himself and he began to use songwriting as a way to speak his mind and share what he was feeling in the moment now his album that he's debuting is called good life and it was inspired after a 2018 stint in rehab as a result of some addiction problems judah plays music every single day and he's based out of miami florida so, Judah, I can't wait to talk to you all about your music. But first, tell us what mindfulness means to you. Mindfulness means being very present in a situation and aware of your surroundings and sort of like have your antlers up and sort of like really, really in the moment, understanding how you're feeling and, and accepting those feelings for what they are and not escaping them. So in your song, uh, All That I All That I Got Tonight, you talk about being sick and tired of waking up and being strung out as F. I'm sober, I'm sober. I found a way to live. What is the way that you've found to live now? Is it related to mindfulness? I used to, I was addicted to Adderall, not to go off too much on a tangent, but just to give everyone an, an understanding I was addicted to Adderall, which was prescribed to me as a, as a young kid. And that created a very unhealthy bar set for how I felt during the day. It was a completely synthetic and fake sort of way to live. The amount of energy and the amount of drive I had it was only attainable via this drug. And when it would wear off, I would, what many refer to as feel strung out and feel very like 
like I was crashing, like I was in a bad mood. And I would wake up that way. And then I would just start the same process over again. Very, very close to when I entered rehab, I really began getting tired of this like never ending process. It was, it was a cycle that I didn't feel I could ever get out of because like doctors kept saying that I needed it. But when I say like, I'm, you know, I'm sober and I'm sick and tired of waking up strung out and um, I found a way to live again. And what that really means is I was able to create a new bar set for myself, a more realistic daily emotional threshold where it doesn't consist of medicine lifting your spirits. And it really consists a lot more of allowing the the day to kind of like determine how you're going to feel and whatever happened during the day by being present and mindful, you then react towards that versus being under the influence and just constantly on the go and not even paying attention to what's going on right in front of you. What do you do if you wake up and one day you're just feeling particularly low and you you have this sort of very dark almost feeling? Like, do you ever wake up with that feeling? I wake up with that feeling quite often because like if I were to wake up with that feeling when I was taking the medicine, I'd take the medicine and it would go away. And now when I wake up, it's, it's more of a reality check. The reality is that feeling up 100% of the time is probably as abnormal as feeling low 100% of the time. Of course. Right? So it was more of, of understanding that the same way you may wake up with a stomachache one day, that's just how life works. Some days you just don't feel well. Maybe like, you know, your stomach is just tired. So like it's just aching today or whatever it is. So I started accepting the fact this key point. I started accepting that the body is a very unpredictable and, 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 and has erratic ways of expressing itself. And I can't assume that just because I feel one way one day that it means that all of the hard work that I've done is just sort of like is gone. It's just, I take it for what it's worth. I feel a little bit down. So Maybe I'm tired. Maybe I maybe something happened the day before and I don't remember exactly. But the point is, is that I'm feeling this way now. What could I do to make myself feel better? So what I do is, is I usually I call my manager every single morning and usually unload whatever feelings I have. It, you know, I I began expressing myself better as I've become more aware of my feelings because in the past I would bottle it all up. I would pretend I'm something I'm not. I used to, you know, listen to music based on what people thought was cool and hip at the time. And I was embarrassed about writing pop music. And so when I don't feel well in the morning, when I feel low or down, it, it, taking medicine to alleviate that is not an option anymore. And I just know that because I've been through that before. So I, I go to the next best, best thing, or let's just say that the, the thing that's available to me, which is calling someone or playing my guitar or, you know, 
texting someone or just just doing anything that prevents me from sitting there you know alone maybe i'll take my dogs on a walk i have two dogs like i'll whatever whatever i'll do is i'll try and get out of the situation that i'm in right then now sometimes i like to sit with my emotions to try and understand them but sometimes i don't sometimes it's too hard to constantly work on yourself people always talk about how they're constantly working on yourself but for me it can be draining at times to constantly be working on yourself. Sometimes you just want to not do that and kind of take a break from that. So at that point, I would just go on a walk, call my friends, go do something, go to the studio. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I do know what you mean. And your music has such a bubbly feel to it. Like it just makes, it makes me feel good when I hear your music. And Mindful Tribe, you can hear Judah's music right now. Just go to his website, Judah holiday and judah is j-u-d-a-h and holiday is the standard way to spell it go to judaholiday.com and listen to a couple of his tracks all that i got tonight and the other one is called uh your good life yeah good life because that's the name of your album isn't it good life and you really feel right. you're li- you're living the good life now right judah is that how it right. feels that's, that's for sure yeah it's amazing how far you've come. How long did you contemplate rehab before you actually did it? So I really never thought that I would uh, go into rehab. I kind of entered rehab out of fear of losing my wife, honestly. It wasn't like an ultimatum in any way. It was just I got to a point where I just felt like I had no control over myself. And it felt like it felt like I. It felt like I. I couldn't even decide if I was. It didn't feel like the decision was in my hands, because like I care so much about her and my family that like at the level I got, it just wasn't an option anymore. It was like you need to go in and detox yourself and just remove yourself from the everyday stresses and 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 stuff that goes on with pursuing a very very difficult career in music and 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 that has nothing to do with fame it just has to do with like earning a living being a musician is very hard and on top of that trying to be like a pop musician you know and stuff like that it's just it's just a very difficult thing to achieve and it's very it's an unlikely thing to achieve even where i am now like i'm i'm always striving to do better and i think everybody is but i had an episode back in November of 2018, where I was hospitalized. And right out of the hospital, you know, my parents and my wife were just like, it's time to do it. And I was terrified because like, as a kid, I was always playing music. I didn't go away to college because I wanted to pursue music in New York. I never really spent time away from people I cared about. Like I didn't even go to sleepaway camp because I would get homesick. So I went from like, from my parents' house to my wife. And that was like it. So, um, And do you have children? No. We have two dogs, though, that I do consider my children. Right. So how long but, have you been with your wife then? So seven years. Ah. Yeah. So it long sounds like time. she's very supportive through all of this. Yeah. She's uh, a very rare kind that I'm fortunate to have found. Um, she's very supportive and... You know, I don't, I don't fully understand how how some humans are able to be as supportive as she is, 
because like it just seems like too much at times but she's a very dedicated person and she cares about me a lot and she doesn't fault me for having addiction issues she actually like supports and 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 is happy for me for trying to overcome them because i'm not because I am mindful of my shortcomings and aware of them. And I've always been, and I've, I've never been opposed to, to getting help. It's just that it takes time to hit rock bottom. That's why they call it that. And, you know, when you really get to your bottom point, there's generally no, if you have people around you that you care about, there's really never an option, I don't think. So how old were you when you first started on the Adderall? seven years old it wasn't adderall though it was a variation of it it was it was an amphetamine salt it was probably like ritalin oh yeah so do you remember what it was like at that time do you remember the difference between what you felt like before you went on the drug and how you felt after you went on the drug very clearly i felt like i was in fast forward mode when i was on it i felt like everything was like lightning fast Except when it was time to focus on something, everything slowed down and I was just able to con- to understand everything. Uh-huh. And it was weird because I was told I had attention deficit disorder, which is different than attention deficit and hyperactive disorder. See, the people that have ADHD and that take amphetamine salts have a paradox effect. It actually calms them down because what's going on with their hyperactive brain whatever, you know, neurotransmitters are are lacking, the Adderall or the amphetamine salt acts as a, um, it it acts to, to calm them down. You don't, but the funny thing is, is that that same drug is prescribed to people that don't have the hyperactive portion of it. And all those people I've been in touch with all feel that same sort of like, uplifting feeling and that's why i think it's passed around schools so much the average person probably is not super hyperactive like we were talking about earlier where feeling like super happy 100 percent of the time is as abnormal as feeling super low so the reason it's an appealing drug to people is because it makes you feel uplifted and and ready to conquer that you know chemistry booklet that you need to do by the next day and it's literally like speed when you talk to people who have adhd they don't care so much about it doesn't do that for them i think there's like this huge error in in the way that they prescribe it and i think it's been like that for a long time so if you had a child and the child was in school and the teachers were saying look you know, your child needs to be on Ritalin. How would you react to that? Well, if the, if a teacher told me that, I mean, I'd honestly, well, the reality is, is I probably wouldn't do anything drastic. I just probably wouldn't, I wouldn't take that recommendation seriously. What I would take seriously is the behavior that they're expressing is going on. So if they said he's constantly distracted and whenever he reads something, he He's never able to recite back what he, you know, read. Okay, well, maybe there's a reading comprehension issue or something involving the inability to sort of like 
sit still, understand, versus your son runs around. All The point is that whatever the circumstance is, I take him to the doctor and, and have him, you know, tested. Sure. And the truth is, is that if God forbid a child of mine had ADHD, I might not be opposed to a stimulant because if you're to look up the way that it interacts with the, with the people that it truly needs, that it truly helps, which is like the hyperactive disorder, there's no like crazy side effects that are, that are really for the hyperactive kids. But for the, for the ones that just have issues sort of like focusing or he's not doing well on tests, like, like maybe he's not doing well on tests because like the, the material is so freaking boring. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I do so, know what you so, mean. Yeah. So it's not that I'm opposed to it. I would just be opposed to it for the reasons that I was given it. And I don't know what the remedy is because like, I don't think that it was, you know, there are non-stimulant medications. Like I'm really not one to sort of obviously give any medical advice, but if it were a child of mine, I'd want to know if it's a hyperactivity issue or if it's just like a lack of concentration issue, because they're both very different. And I think that a a person given a stimulant reacts very differently to it. Like, it's amazing how, I don't know if you've seen, um, do you remember when I could relate it to this? Are you familiar with maybe about a half a year ago, there was this viral video where there was a word, someone said the word laurel, but someone heard the word Yanny when saying it. Basically, there was this recording. And to some people, it sounded like they were saying Yanny. And to some, it sounded like they were saying Laurel. And, and the reason it sounded different is because of like the different processing, stuff like that. Okay. Um, and the point is, is that with the ADHD, the kids that are hyperactive, don't feel it's like as if they're hearing something totally different or feeling something totally different. They're not feeling this burst of energy when taking the stimulant. They're feeling actually more calm. Whereas those that are either have no attention issues and take it simply to to make it, you know, to to make studying more pleasant because it gives you a jolt of energy. So if I were told that my child, you know, is acting in a certain way, I would, I would simply consult a doctor and, and, and take it from there. Uh, but I'd be very careful as to, you know, what medication they put on, on you know, for, for the child. I, would, I, I might even go for a second. Of course. Yeah. I want to talk to you, Judah, about your songwriting process. How often do you write new songs? I try and write something new every day. It doesn't always pass my personal test of like beyond my voice note recorder on my phone where I would like, let's just say, go into my studio and, and, and cut it. But I write new melodies every day. Oh, that's great. And and what is the process? Do you think of of a series of words first and then put a melody to it? Or do you think of the melody and then words? How does that work? For me, I generally will start playing a few chords on my guitar and then just begin singing along whatever melody sort of comes to mind. And I'll attach just random words that are meaningless to fill in the space. And when I'm happy with, let's just say, the chorus portion or or if it's a verse or if it's a pre-chorus or something like that, 
I'll then try and say, okay, what, what does this make me feel like? You know, what type of mood is this giving off? What do I want to write about? And then I'll write around that. I usually never start with words ever. And I never start with specific parts. I always start with a chord progression and then I sing a melody over it. And then based on how the melody sounds, I determine whether or not it's a, uh, a chorus part or a, or a, where, where it'd be repetitive or a verse part where it's more kind of like leading up to something larger, like a chorus. So you used to play drums. Do you still play drums? I do. I still play drums. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I play them professionally, but nowadays with recording music, you could, anybody that plays, you know, decently could really record themselves and, and, there's a term called punching in, which simply means beginning to record from a spot that you've either that you'd like to basically not doing it over again. Right. You play a few bars and then you could take it from there. So I do play drums and I began playing the drums like when I was two. I would bang on on whatever like pots and pans they were there were around the house. My parents always had like these metal dishes with metal fruit inside of it, and I would always bang on them oh, yeah. and then finally when i was seven um, i decided uh, you know my parents got me a a small drum set and i began taking lessons and and i was pretty good and then shortly after that i guess you could say my attention span got the best of me and and i went and and began playing guitar right. and that process was also very hard to to get through like the beginning stages because it's a very painful process developing calluses on your fingertips and holding down the strings and stretching your fingers out so it's it's a very common thing for people to drop the instrument early on because it's just it's very hard to get past like the first few months when you start playing guitar it's really an uncomfortable experience well on your new album good life how many tracks do you have 10 so the semi just just to clear it up my debut single was called Good Life. Right. The entire album, the 10 songs, they, we're not 100% sure yet of what we're going to call the album. But the first song that I released was called Good Life. So I have 10 songs that I'm going to be releasing. And I'm already, and I've finished recording those. And I'm, I'm on to recording, you know, more for my next album, actually. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, yeah. I really enjoy those two, All That I Got Tonight and Good Life, and they're available on your website, but I imagine you can download them on iTunes. Is that true? Yeah, Spotify, iTunes, uh, wherever music is sold nowadays, you could find me there. So tell me some of the other songs that were inspired by being in rehab. There's a song called Back to Virginia, which an artist Kim Vieira is on. It's a song about being in my room in rehab and, and wanting to kind of leave. My wife is from Virginia, and I talk about how scared I am to lose her because I wasn't able to talk to her and how I was afraid that she wasn't going to be there when the 30 days were up and, and how if I had an opportunity to see her in that moment... I take her back to Virginia, my favorite place. The chorus is, if I had my way, I'd stop wasting my time, quit staring into space, 
uh, being trapped in my mind. If I could get to you in front of your face, I'd take you back to Virginia, my favorite place, which is, I love going to visit my in-laws there. It's just like a very, very peaceful place for me to go. And it's very different than the place where I was raised in New York City. It's like the opposite. It's very quiet and very friendly and neighborly. Like, it's just awesome. So have you ever considered moving to a place like that? Totally. But I just don't think my wife would want to move back to (laughs) Virginia. Right, right. (laughs) But, uh, But we go there a lot. So really, you know fortunate to be able to say that I love going to my in-laws and, and, and going to visit them. So. Do you have any form of meditation in your life, Judah? I try and do guided meditation because it's very hard for me to sometimes talk to myself even and calm myself down because of all the different things that have gone on. Like in my life, there's just been so many psychological moments that I'm still working on trusting myself and trusting my own belief system. It's a very sad sort of process that I'm going through, but thankfully I'm doing better than I once was. I use guided meditation because it helps me kind of follow a process that's either been established before or, you know, just so that I don't need to worry about whether or not I'm doing something right or wrong and got a ways to go, but. I do, I do meditate. I do. I I recently started um, with some affirmations, which I was kind of sometimes like I would get embarrassed to to like say these affirmations that are either like far fetched or something like that. I would feel like embarrassed that they sound weird that I'm asking or that I'm putting that into the universe. But then I realized there are no rules with what you you know, affirm and no one else is going to do it for you. So if it's something that you really want, then say it and believe it. And then before you know it, it might just actually happen. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, I want to ask you, Judah, because I worked in this field for a long time, were you ever bullied? Did you ever have to deal with being bullied at any time in your life? And if so, how did you deal with it? Looking back, was there a way you might have dealt with it differently? I wasn't bullied through, well, in high school, I was, I I wouldn't call it bullied. I was picked on. I think that bullied is a much worse type of like, deliberate daily thing that that kids go through and adults actually yes um so so thankfully i wouldn't consider myself bullied but i had been picked on and i had my lunch money stolen and i had been punched in the arm and stuff like that but i've never been truly bullied thankfully but you know it's it's very hard being a kid who's like let's just say you're, you're 13 or 14 and you have arrived at puberty later than the other people that are bullying you. And like, you're just short and you haven't developed yet. It's just a very difficult situation to be in. Um, and I think that, that the best thing um, to do to any bully is to just try and talk to them, you know, and say, you know, if I had if I if I had the brain that I have now and the, the confidence that I have now, I just simply 
asked him, I said, like, well, why are you really doing this? Like, what's what's really going on? What are you what are you so unhappy about that is making you need to like sort of like ruin my day so that you could feel ever so slightly more powerful? Let's let's figure what's going on at home. What's going on like with your girl? You know what I mean? Like yeah. those, those I think are like like really what's creating this um desire to show power over you know you notice that the bullies pick on the kids that aren't their own side right they pick on the ones that it's so easy for them so it's like they're scared also they're going for the kids that maybe physically can just not take handle them and and it's like a complete deliberate attempt at feeling powerful so i think that I think that the effects of bullying are terrible, but I believe that the effects of bullying and the, and whatever is going on with the actual bully itself, they're probably pretty similar. Right. The, the level of depression and the level of like different things like that. They're actually probably so much more similar than they even expect. If you took a bully into a room and really dug deep with him, you'd probably get similar like a similar response as to how they feel as the person that they're bullying. So, but of course, like, you know, it's hard to, to know that in the moment, it's hard when you are embarrassed in front of a bunch of people to just, you know, be able to respond like that. I mean, like it's almost impossible because you have so many other variants going on in the situation, but I don't always love giving, you know, like opinions about what to do just simply because it's so hard to predict how a situation will play out. And it's so hard to say, you know, this is what you should do in that situation because we don't take into account the many other variations of the situation that can occur. So I just think that it's a very unfortunate thing that goes on. And I think that it only goes on because of personal insecurities and, and things like that. I, you know, I, and I think that, you know, well, thanks for your way. insight on that. Yeah, I appreciate that. As we move forward in the interview, Jude, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this, who is one person who has been a positive influence in your life and given you some sort of sense of mindfulness? My dad. That's because he just is a very, very aware and he's just very present and he's very accomplished. So I would say my dad. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? Mindfulness has allowed me to understand my emotions a little bit better by not thinking that everything I'm feeling is because something bad is happening, but rather that sometimes you feel certain ways because of certain things that you may not even know are going on. And you, you can't just assume that it's always a problem within yourself, but rather, um, you know, could just be random. I know breathing can be an important part of being a good singer. Tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice. I definitely do deep breathing exercises if I'm anxious or if I'm trying to get in the moment and, and, and cherish like what's going on in that moment. I'll use like a guided breathing meditation clip on YouTube or something like that. Right. Sure. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? The Untethered Soul. What a great book. Yeah. By Michael A. Singer. Yeah. 
yeah. great yeah. book. If you could recommend any kind of app which could help with mindfulness, what would that be? Calm. Yeah, that's yeah, a great calm. app. Yeah. Well, your album is incredible. I know I've heard the the two songs and it'll be great to to hear the release of all the rest of it. But I highly recommend Mindful Tribe that you check out the tracks that we've talked about here on the show. And it's just really alive and it just feels really inspirational to hear you, Judah, sing these songs that you've written. So I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great time. And I'll be sure to send you a couple of tracks that'll be released later on this year, just so you can get a first listen. And maybe we'll uh, catch up again sometime soon. Awesome. Yeah. And once again, go to the website, Judah Holiday, J U D A H, judahholiday.com, and you can uh, learn more about Judah. So thanks again, Judah. Thank you. Yeah. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. And remember what I mentioned at the top of the show, this sleep naturally guided meditation that I have for you just for Mindful Tribe members. It's to help you receive the deep, easy sleep that you deserve. Sleep naturally and you'll be able to fall asleep easily, get more work done tomorrow and feel better about it. Rest comfortably without effort. Go to mindfulnessmode.com slash sleep for your free download. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.